0: It's like uh, when I interviewed somebody, like they waited until like it was time to open the open the beer. Right, and, like, <laughs> this is the opposite. What's the straight yeah. edge noise? Yawning, <laughs> I guess. It's yeah. like, it's just like, just I'm tired, or um, like, or like, a, or, um, slurping a boba.
1: Oh, I had to stop drinking boba. Why? You know how much sugar is in those things?
0: That shit's good though.
1: It is very good, but I was like, oh shit, I'm getting fat. And I was like, oh, I've been
0: drinking boba every day. There's you like boba alone can make you fat?
1: Dude, there's like a thousand calories in a boba tea.
0: Or, like, 800 or something. I'm going like to expose myself like, an idiot, but I never really understood calories. Or, like, when people are like, oh, in the bag of chips there's this amount of fat. I'm like, I never really understand it and I really care. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like you don't
1: start caring about that stuff until, like, you actually feel it affecting your act, your health. And then you're like, oh, I have to start learning or caring about this shit. Because uh, I love junk food. I love fast food. Oh. Uh, but
0: I think that you're young. You'll be fine. I'm pretty big. I mean, for, like... For my age, so I need a I don't know. For, and I'm also pretty active. Like I'm always like on the train and walking and stuff. Right. So I'm like, and I'm still pretty big. So I'm like, that's not. I need a like. I don't know. But I do. I, whatever. Do you eat again. a lot of junk food? I eat a lot of junk food. The thing is that my mom. I, I still live with my mom and my is with her family, and they're, the both houses are really really small. Like South Central Mexican homes, you yeah. know, with like 20 people living in there. Yeah. So we never could cook in our homes, and I mean like mm. even when we we've tried every now and then, but it's always like. You know, like, and
1: her family doesn't cook.
0: Uh, her Her family cooks. That's the thing that, like, we can't cook our own food. You know what I mean? And or like, someone will take her brother's cooking Her sister's cooking, and it's like a mess. You know what I mean? It's like so. It's like small. There's a lot of people living in there. Yeah. Like you can't just like cook in peace. Like they don't cook for you. My mom? Hell. No. Really? And, my, and my mom was like the thing with my mom is I was talking to Luisa about this all the other time. She cooked She my mom like admits she's like I don't like cooking. Yeah. And my food is bad. Like her food is like it's like comically bad. You know what I mean? Where, like, yeah, yeah, if yeah. she serves it, it's, like, all, like, you know, like, the movies. And, but, she, like, as a kid, she wouldn't let me eat junk food uh, either. Mm. Like, I would not eat, like, like McDonald's, all that stuff. Like, she would just be, like, no. I was a really, believe it or not, I was skinny. I was skinny as a motherfucker in, until high school. Like, people see photos, and, like, even when I started going to art shows, people were, like, oh, shit, like, you, you were, like, like really skinny. Because, like, up to, like, I started buying my own food. And then when, once I started buying my own food, I went all in. I was just, like. 'Cause oh. you just go to fast food all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I do that too. Yeah. It's a problem. It's, it's, I mean, if you're not drinking, you're eating. Yeah, that's true. Or if you're not eating, you're buying records. Or you're buying yeah. something.
1: Yeah, that's true. You save a lot of money by not going out to bars and then you spend it all on
0: everybody has their Del Taco addiction.
1: Yeah. Or McDonalds.
0: Yeah. Or like or like the or the like the high piece straight edge homies. Like there's like yeah. Uh, it's going to the to the brand new shoes. Yeah the record collection the record collection my problem
1: was when i stopped being vegan is when i got fat You were vegan for a while yeah why did you break vegan um fuck it sounds so lame but when i moved to la i was just surrounded by like all this like amazing food all the time and i just like I, uh i felt like i was almost like missing out culturally on a lot of stuff and so i wanted to
0: like, were you vegan for like the animals or the planet or, or health um more so i would say for like you know
1: the uh, for the animals and for that kind of stuff. See when and then I totally animals- sold out my beliefs on that though and I do doesn't
0: say like it's like I cannot like I love food so much that like the only reason I would go is for the animals, but then if I do I feel like I can't go back. Or like, you know, like I can't go with the mindset of like oh one day I'll come back okay? Yeah when I was in high school I saw
1: those you know like PETA like, Propaganda videos of like the animals being slaughtered And all that kind of stuff And I stopped eating meat when I was like 15 I was vegetarian for 11 years And I was vegan for the last two of those years And then when I moved mm-hmm. to LA I was still vegan for a while But then I was like you know I think I just need to Indulge you know And I did it I sold out
0: yeah, I don't know. Cause, I don't know. Because I also heard that there's like expensive, I think as a Japanese or some Asian meat where like they tender the animal. Like, like, the like Wagyu beef. So yeah, you where know, yeah. like, I'm just like, does that even like count? Like, you know, is that good? But I don't like, <laughs> like it's No, like, they still kill it. No, I know they still kill it, but it's like, would it matter if like they're cooler to the animals? Uh, I mean, there's all these, you know.
1: No antibiotic, grass fed, like kind of like humane farms or whatever. I don't really know. Oh, that's bullshit. Yeah. I don't like if it like says that. on the,
0: like, or like when the, or like, I mean, but then again, it's like, like, again, no, this is not a diss anyone, but it's like, like, I'm like, when, like, you know how girls like that are really like super like vegan, but the makeup is like used on Oh, animals. right. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm just yeah. like,
1: well, now that's a thing where all these brands are like promoting like cruelty free, like vegan, yeah, but like it's makeup like, brands. Same and thing shit. with
0: like the the grass fed and all that stuff. It's like it's like they know that's out there, so it's easier to just look at the package and like, Yeah, that's good, but it's yeah. like I don't
1: think it's true. Factory farming is one of the biggest horrors on the planet. It's it is.
0: insane. I mean, like also like where I come from, like there's a lot. Like there like, we go to South Central, it's like just countless dogs on the street. Yeah, yeah. Like it's fucked up because like people just like. It's like there is no like. It's just like old Mexican immigrants. You know where they're, right. like, where they're like, they're not thinking about. They're like, they hear the dog bark so much one night, and they're just like, they leave it down the street, and the dog is like, <laughs> just wandering. Around. Jesus. Just, you know what I mean? Like that yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. Like it's like it's fucked up, but like it just does happen.
1: Have you ever seen the the Farmer John factory in Vernon? Oh yeah, it's just my. Oh. It's gross. Yeah And the fucked up mural That's painted on the side of it Have you ever looked at it?
0: Yeah yeah I used to go there all the time when I, when I used to work with my mom When I was a kid Yeah And I was like But then that's when I was learning About like earth crisis And like being right. But then at the time Hell like, yeah But that's when I was like I just didn't have like And then what and pissed me off Is that like My mom Like there was a time Where I used to buy like I was like trying to go vegetarian, and like I like I got it like the school during COVID time would give you EBT cards, and I would go buy my own market, and like my mom would just have like manic like she would just have episodes and she'd just like throw away everything. She'd be like, "Why you why you be vegetarian?" Or like and then like when she'd be good like because she's bipolar, she'd be getting in the good mood the next day. She'd be like, "Well, if you I'll buy you the, I'll buy you the food and be like, well you're just gonna eat lettuce right? Because you're like you yeah, they don't understand. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Like, they don't know what the, what a vegan is like.
1: Yeah, my mom said it was stupid when I stopped eating meat when I was like in high school. I've eventually she got used to it because it was like obviously something i wasn't like doing for a week did, and then did she know what on. vegan was like did she knew prior what it was um i mean i don't think it, to the extent that uh it was probably more of like the you know stereotypical like versions of it that you would see on like the simpsons or something you know what i mean but like um no i don't think they really understood exactly what it meant or that there was like a lot of things you could eat that wasn't like chicken or something you know
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. no that the, my when i told my grandma and my mom at the same time i was like oh i would like to go vegetarian i would like to go vegan i said specifically vegan you know what they said there's like does that mean you can't have kids <laughs> they did not. They thought it was a sort of my bisectory or something. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, it was like so they just thought that like
1: eating like a burger was like producing no, your sperm or they, something. They didn't even like, know that.
0: They didn't even know that was a diet. They thought like being vegan was like. Oh, like they have no clue. Like, they're so, they just don't even know what it means. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's they're, like they're on some other like. Dude, they It's 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 funny because I'm like I look back at my family members like I have this one cousin. cousin Who's uh, he's like uh, Edgar, right? He's basically an Edgar, Sure. like which all my family members are. But like him specifically, like he goes to college, right? Think about it. He's like a dude who goes to college. Like he speak, like well, he's, he was raised in Mexico, but now speaks English. But what I'm trying to say is, this kid goes to college. One time I was trying to explain to him gentrification. Yeah. He did not like. He could not. He say he like, why wouldn't he want a nicer house? Like they're putting nicer homes. Why right. wouldn't he get it? I'm yeah, like, dude, yeah, you yeah, cannot yeah. afford those nice homes. And it's just like kind of like I was like, the, like. I can't comprehend I was like Are you in college But cannot understand Gentrification Yeah Like just the definition it, It's just things that I'm like It's kind of funny But it's kind of fucked up <laughs> like, just like You know What can you do <laughs> yeah. Sometimes Sometimes people Just are never gonna get it That's alright So people are just like On like I don't know Just on some like, like their mind Operates totally like Different They don't need to know Cause they just don't uh, It's like their mind Is foggy
1: Yeah I know a lot of people Like
0: that like I, I got one time they're like, oh, we like rap music. I was like, okay, cool. So I pulled the Ugly Man, and then there was, and I, you know, like cup full of beer, and then sure. they're just like, like this doesn't sound like. And then I, and then I try to pull up something else, and they're like, I'm like, oh, I got the point. They're like, oh, they just listen to like the same like ten rap songs that are popular right now.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. It's like the same version. It's like if you're, uh, someone says they like metal, and then you play morbid angel and they've never heard anything past Metallica or something it sounds crazy to them it's fucked up
0: Laughing out that later what's good everybody thank you for listening give us a five star don't give us any stars this is the best podcast because we speak the truth and nothing but the truth live raw and uncut from little Tokyo my second home because I'm always fucking here so we got Adam Schwartz how you doing hey what's up Ricky what's up how you feeling I'm
1: good. I'm uh, a, little, a little sleepy, but it's okay. It's after hours at the shop,
0: so we're just kind gonna... of... It's kind of sick of it. Someone, like, I should have gotten someone like, to just take a video, like, just passing by, like, you know what I mean? Like, from inside the class. Whoa, while we're while we're recording? Yeah. Hire a videographer,
1: but don't let them film the podcast. Just let them film through the window when exactly. I talking.
0: I would not like... I feel like I've talked about it many times, like, like, why do you film the interviews? I'm like, there's so many things that I feel like people would not have said, or like, like you know what I mean There's, If there was a camera If there was a camera Right Or like Or like sometimes I have to explain to people that I'm like oh this is like personal You know what I mean Like this is like Minimalistic in a, in a way But also like to a, to What it could be You know what I mean Like yeah. it's like I try to like I really want like I just at the end of the day I just want a documentation of like Like people that I think are Interesting or deserve Or like deserve like To have like story be told But like in a real way Like I don't want like Hey guys what's up everybody Welcome You know what I mean Sure like, And it's just like what was your first punk band you got into? You know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool. A lot of people do that, and that's already out there. But it's like, are you gonna hear Jesse from Hulk's talk about? You know what I mean? Him moving, moving around, and just like being almost being homeless. You know what I mean? Like, right. You know what I mean? You can't hear that all. You know what I mean? Oh okay. right, yeah, but there's a camera. But um, from booking shows at fifteen, or being involved in hardcore and Bakersfield hardcore, yeah, hardcore punk, to know how, not being a co-owner of going underground in LA. Mm-hmm. How how does that? How do you feel? Like, looking back at your life at this point and just looking how dedicated you've been to hardcore punk and how much opportunities it's given you.
1: I feel good about it. It's weird, and it's, like, one of those things where you don't really ever think that, uh, you know, punk or hardcore as a kid is going to lead you to um, anything in life that feels, um, I don't know, maybe satisfying is not the word, but I think... What am I trying to say here um it feels good i feel I feel like uh it was worth putting all the time and effort and energy into it. you know what i mean it's oh it's always gonna be a part of who you are as a uh, a person if you truly care about it as a kid, you know what i mean um, yeah sorry
0: I mean you come from a specific a very niche like you come from Bakersfield, yeah, which is. It's, like, a town, but it's not, like, the most... Like, it's not the most cutty town, but it is a cutty town. It's, like, a medium-sized city. Yeah, but, like, as far as, like, people know... But like, I mean, you guys have, like... I know you're tired of it, but you guys have corn, which, is like, I guess put it, puts it on the map. Unlike, on on like, Victorville, you know what I mean? Where, like, there's still people who never... And never don't know where it is yeah. or
1: what it is or anything. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Bakersfield is always known for being the city that people make fun of. So, like... I feel like a lot of the things that people know about it are like negative or whatever. Like what? Uh, That it smells like shit or that everybody there is like a fucking redneck or uh, those are the main, I think, things. People always like, the cliche phrase is people always say it's the armpit of California because it's like in the middle and it stinks or whatever, you know?
0: Do you think it smells like shit?
1: Certain parts of it can, yeah, because there's all the dairy farms out there. And so like if you're... I think most people's experience with Bakersfield is passing through on I 5 when they're driving from like LA to San Francisco or whatever. Uh, But that's not even really Bakersfield. Like when you're like so far outside of the city when you pass through there, that like you're like you're still like 30 minutes away from like where anybody even lives, you know? Like you don't even see where people actually like live and hang out and work or whatever. And so, yeah, you're out there in the middle of the farmland where there's thousands of cows. And so, of course, it smells like shit because they're. That's what it's going on out there, you know. Your defender of Bakersfield. A little bit. Yeah. But I also understand its criticisms.
0: It's funny because the first time I got exposed to Bakersfield was when my aunt moved there. She was like the first like, like person who was like, "Oh, it's too expensive to live in L.A., so they move out there and get a house." Right. And they look like, and I went to like the nice areas, like the suburban areas. Yeah. And then, my whole family thought like, "Oh, this is the Bakersfield." You know Because everybody would go to your house and it's like the suburb, like, you know, like little suburbs. Yeah. And everybody had, and I had this idea. Everybody had this idea my family. was like, oh, Bakersfield is a suburb. It's like the nice suburbs. Yeah. So once my other I moved there and she was trying to find a house, she's like, obviously she would try to find, like, to rent. They were like, oh, shit. Like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> the first thing we saw was, like, Like someone, you know, like, tweaker, tweaker Graffiti was just like, like, crack for sex or something. Like, you know, like, something. On the yeah. yeah, yeah Nine like, This is Bakersfield. Yeah.
1: There's a lot of that going on there.
0: It, it's it's not the worst place, though. I don't know. Like I, People do make fun of it a lot, but I'm like, it's not... I lived there for, like, four months, and it was... It, I mean, we lived in, like, the old downtown Bakersfield, closer yeah. to the... So it was, like, it wasn't bad. It
1: was nice, but it was boring. It can be boring. There's not a lot for young people to do there, and I think that's how a lot of us found punk and stuff, you know? It's because we had to create something for us to do.
0: How was your childhood?
1: Like, as a little kid?
0: Yeah, before before punk came into... It into everything um
1: it was fine um i grew up with i have two older sisters but they were like way older so like they were both like moved out of the house by the time i was like six um but they were into like you know 90s like alt kind of stuff or whatever so i was exposed to a lot of that kind of stuff like as a kid pretty early on like um my sister there's three of us, so she was the middle sibling. And she was kinda like into I don't know, I guess like whatever kids in the nineties were into. Obviously like Nirvana and like, you know. Offspring. Soundgarden or whatever and stuff like that. But also like she would have like these like mixtapes that like her friends had made or whatever back then and it had a lot of songs on them that I would hear a lot and didn't realize until I was older that they were like punk songs that I just thought they were songs like everybody knew, you know. Like what? Uh I think the one that like first like really hit me was like amoeba by adolescence mm, okay. or, or i would like or like um you know just like entry-level punk stuff stuff like suicidal tendencies institutionalized or um you know the clash or stuff the ramones stuff like that you know just like shit you listen to when you're in high school um and she would have those kinds of songs like playing and i knew them from being like a kid and just like hanging out with her at home but like didn't really understand until I was also getting into punk when I was older that, like, oh, these were songs that were like, <clears throat> these aren't just like songs you hear on the radio or whatever, you know.
0: Were you guys like, would you hang out there? Like, were you like, his like her, like, she'll bring you along, and, like, just hang out? Or were you just like basically like kicking it and would we'll just hear the songs like from before?
1: Um, I mean, she would never really take me out to like, I would never go out to like shows with her or anything when she was like going to shows in Bakersfield, like, when I was little.
0: She was also going to punk shows in Bakersfield.
1: Yeah. Um, nothing like super underground or whatever, but like Jerry's Pizza was like the hangout forever, you know. And like, um, she would tell me stories how she saw Green Day open for Bad Religion in Bakersfield or whatever, shit like that, you know. Really? Like, yeah.
0: Um, there's a lot before of. They were they big there. or while they, or they were kind of big?
1: Uh, I think it was like right before Dookie came out, so like oh. they hadn't really blown up yet, you know? That's sick. Um, so there was like a lot of that kind of stuff. A lot of those bands would come through Bakersfield back in that time, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall I feel like I had like a good childhood. I was like, my parents were together and I just went to school and played video games and watched WWF and...
0: When it was called WWF? Yeah.
1: Dang um, Yeah, I don't know, I think it was like pretty straightforward, you know, I was kind of
0: a, like a good kid. You are a good kid. Yeah. Did good in school? I liked been. school, yeah. Um, Didn't cause? Like you like I'm imagining like just like, just chill Adam just didn't cuss. That's no
1: maybe not in front of my parents, but definitely all the time as a kid. I was watching Stone Cold Steve Austin. Of course, I was cussing.
0: Okay, I, I think when I was looking when we tried to do your previous episode, I was looking at pictures. There was a, I think I was looking through your page. There was a picture of you dressed as Sting.
1: Yeah, so I like, was staying for Halloween. I was a really big wrestling fan as a kid.
0: Like you had, like I mean, because I was a big wrestling fan, but I-, I didn't stay a wrestling fan. Yeah, well, as much as I should have or I would have liked. But the wrestling I think opens your mind at a really young age, like imagination wise. For sure. Like, yeah. like I think it's a, like people don't realize how good wrestling is. If like for a kid who's like already like, I don't know if it's like they're born in like with a big imagination or if wrestling kind of pushes it. Because even as a kid, like, I knew every, like, you kind of learn to memorize things. You know what I mean? Like, like cartoons don't have to memorize. You know what I mean? Like, memorize. And, yeah, but. I was obsessed with it to the point where
1: I was, like, you know, I had, like, the toys or whatever. Or, like, I wanted to be wrestlers for Halloween. Or, like, I had, like, I mean, when I was a little kid, I remember, like, I had, like, an old typewriter that was, like, at the house. And I would, like, excuse me, I would watch, like. A wrestling show and then when it was done i would like write out like on the typewriter like th- like all the matches that happened and who won and i would staple it together and pretend it was like a wrestling magazine because i would have like the wrestling magazines from like the store i was like that's sick. i was like making like fucking weird
0: like diy zines as a little kid about wrestling sick but that's fucking sick Would uh would, would that lead to like because i know for me it led to like being violent like, I like not being violent, but like you would like start being like let's wrestle.
1: Um, yeah, kind of, but never to the extent that it was like I was like doing like backyard wrestling with friends or anything. It was
0: just more like you know kids just horsing around or whatever. Sick. And were you so basically up to you were a kid? Wrestling was a big part of your life. Yeah. And then so we t- we said earlier you were like 15 when you started being involved in the hardcore scene. Or like you were pretty young. So what what led to at a young age like just go straight into being involved? Um,
1: I mean. I was a new metal kid first, right? Oh. Like, I was into Corn, I was into Slipknot. And I loved all that stuff. But that was, like, when, you know, Slipknot's first record was, like, coming out, right? This would have been, like, early 2000s or, like, late 90s, early 2000s. Marilyn Manson, like, all that kind of shit,
0: you know? Did you dress as a new metal kid?
1: Um, no, because my mom wouldn't really let me. Uh, I wanted to have like all the crazy like hot topic like bondage pants and all that shit but like I didn't have money to buy those pants are expensive
0: really even back then
1: yeah I remember them they were, they were like those pants are like 50 bucks even like, back then yeah oh like I didn't have money and I was a little kid and like my mom wasn't gonna buy me that shit you know damn um, so no I, de- I definitely like spiked my hair but also I didn't really have like long hair so it was just like everyone had spiked hair at that time you know but um, you got the frosted tips no I never I never got the frosted tips either so uh, it was just spiky hair with just, regular
0: clothes
1: I would have like a band t-shirt oh, I would be wearing like dicky shorts and some converse with like a system of a down t-shirt you know it's crazy because that's the fit now again I know it's weird we finally hit the like the, every 20 years like you get nostalgic for whatever happened 20 years, 20 years ago and so now where it's the early 2000s which is like the first time I've really been able to see something that I lived through fully become something that like teenagers think is like cool and trying to emulate it's weird
0: does does that make you feel old? Um,
1: not too bad. It's a little strange. I don't feel too bad about it. I just wish I kept all my old T shirts.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, even your shorts probably will go for a lot. Maybe yeah, yeah. some like two
1: thousand one Dickies
0: shorts. Dang, I, I would know. buy those two thousand one Dickie. <laughs> but um, and so you were a new middle kid. Yeah. How did that lead you into hardcore?
1: Um, I started getting into, like, I guess the same thing as, like, how I was obsessed with wrestling, and I I would get, like, the magazines at the grocery store, and I would just, like, read about it all, and then when I started getting interested in music, I would also get, like, the heavy metal magazines at the grocery store, right? So, like, Hit Parader and Revolver and, like, these things that were around, and so they would have, like, all these, like, you know, pull-out posters, and it would be pictures of, like, corn or whatever, and then they would also kind of cover bands that were, like, a little bit deeper, and so, like, I would kind of, um learn or see photos of things that were like maybe like a little bit deeper than that like fucking napalm death or something Mm -hmm. like that you know um and so i kind of just like went down the metal rabbit hole first but then that was also sort of the time period where like some of these bands were starting to cross over with that world like hate breed or like shit like that you know where there would be um hardcore adjacent kind of bands like featured in these metal magazines and so I would like learn about that kind of stuff but at the same time I had a friend in elementary school who was like for some reason he was like full-blown like 1977 punk rocker when we were like 12 like skin tight pants before anybody was wearing skinny jeans uh skin tight striped t-shirt he had a Ramones haircut he had the locket like or like a like the uh the chain necklace with like a padlock on it okay um and he was like a skater but he, we were literally like 12 years old and we were in like, you know, sixth grade and he was starting to get into the whole punk thing. He must have just been hanging out with some people who were older than him skating or something that like showed him all that kind of shit. Um, Where is he now? Uh, he became a full-blown like right-winger. Oh, like, you know, he would post a lot of like anti-trans like Facebook or Instagram shit. I think I blocked him actually. That's a
0: bummer. Um... From yeah. a punk rocker to
1: a rocker. Well I think when he was 12 I think it was just more of like He thought like the Ramones looked cool uh-huh. Not like He wasn't like reading crass lyrics And like talking about anarchy or anything you Well know? that's how
0: it starts. It should go that right Like where you think it looks cool And then
1: Yeah no he wasn't punk for very long I think oh. that like I learned about some stuff from him He would show me like I think he showed me like subhumans For the first time And like, like So I was learning about like Well when I was really into new metal I was learning about like First wave like early punk stuff At the same time um, And so, I don't know, I kind of just dug deeper and deeper and eventually found myself into things like, you know, Minor Threat or whatever. And you became frustrated right away? Um, I was never really interested in any kind of, like, you know, like drinking or partying or you anything. You never like drank that. or smoked? No. Whoa. Um,
0: That's crazy. You never drank or smoked?
1: No, never. I mean, there was, like, some, like issues in my family with like you know people having problems with like alcohol or like pill addiction and like shit like that and so i always never really liked that kind of stuff anyways and then i mean yeah you hear the minor threat record and you're like oh like
0: this is cool do you damn do you think if punk didn't come into a picture like you eventually would have given
1: i don't know it's impossible to say i can't even imagine like what my mindset would be if i never found all that you know Uh, okay Around yeah. that time was also, like, I guess when, like, AFI was really, like, starting to, like... I mean, they were always kind of a big band, but that was when they were, like, hitting peak, like, mainstream exposure and that kind of stuff. And, like, they would openly talk about, like, Straight Edge and, like, that kind of stuff, too. Mm. And, like, I got really obsessed with, like, some of that stuff, like, as a teenager as well. And so I was kind of a big part of it, too. Damn.
0: Yeah. And how'd you, how'd you find, like, your local scene?
1: Um. So, I guess... I went to going underground, actually, like around the f- like around when it very first opened. Or maybe it had been open for like a year or something.
0: Did it, well, around when, what
1: year? It opened in 2001. This probably would have been like 2002. Whoa. Um, and I don't even remember how I heard or found out about it. Someone must have told me it existed somehow. Um, but I went and I bought like... I would. I didn't have a record player yet at that time or anything, but I would buy like CDs. And they had they had CDs in the store at that time. And I remember one of the first things I bought was uh, the Peel Sessions by Napalm Death, like the radio recordings, um, because I would see their name in like some of these like magazines that I had read or whatever. But I never really heard them, and uh, I bought that CD because I was all excited to check it out because I thought it was gonna be crazy, and it was like. It was, like, too crazy for me at the time. Like, I couldn't, like, I remember putting it on, and, like, I couldn't even understand, like, what they were playing because it was, like, so fast, and, like, I just never heard anything like it before. So, like, noise? Yeah, so I didn't like it. Okay. Um, I didn't get it until later. Um, at first, it took me a while to, like, figure it out. You know, I still needed there to be some level of, like, uh, melody or something for, the, like, to hook me. I was still a kid. I was, yeah. like, 12.
0: And so you just started, you kept going going underground?
1: yeah i would go i would go to going underground i would go online and like read those when like message boards were like a really big thing you know so i don't remember exactly where i was online now but reading like you know people talking about like metal releases or whatever and then from there just kind of learning about punk and hardcore and all that kind of stuff and just kind of branched into it from there um just became like pretty obsessive with it and getting into like it was like also when like all like the Screamo and Emo stuff was really big and so into that too. Yeah, big time. There was also because like that scene was really popular in Bakersfield. So I think like going to the record store there, I was exposed to a lot of it just because a lot of those records were in the store. Um, and so I would kind of learn about bands like, you know, Orchid or Page ninety nine or mm. stuff like that, you know.
0: Damn. Emo and Bakersfield, that sounds crazy. Yeah, I mean Did a lot you? of
1: those bands played there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it sounds crazy. Um so I hate to ask a question, but I gotta ask, what was your first hardcore show? Um,
1: like, like, like first like DIY like kind of small thing yeah
0: first time you're you're just seeing like I don't know breakdowns or like side to side or any version of hardcore
1: fuck yeah I don't know I'm trying to my like first specifically hardcore show that's hard to say because a lot of the shows that would happen were like so like mixed where like street punk bands would play with a hardcore band because mm-hmm. that was just like there wasn't,
0: Get all the bands together.
1: Yeah, there was only so many people that could have a show be successful, you know? So it was always kind of be like these like mixed bill kind of things. And so I would see, I don't know if I remember the first like straight-up hardcore show that I saw. Um, the first, like... Hmm, AFI came to town on the Sing the Sorrow tour. So I saw them there, and I was... Fourteen. Jerry's Pizza. No, they played at the convention center. Oh, okay. That was when Sing the Star came out, so they were too big to play. Okay, at Jerry's. Yeah. I was thinking I was like, damn, yeah, Jerry's Pizza, that's crazy. Yeah, but then I remember like I was into like, um, like they were on tour around that time with like they would take hardcore bands out on tour with them, but it would be like bleeding through and like mm. that kind of stuff, you know, or like uh, Eighteen Visions or something like that, you know, it'd be like more like that OC like metalcore kind of stuff. Um, so I knew about those bands and like they i'm trying to remember who played with that show it was afi Coheed and cambria so no it wasn't a hardcore show um adjacent but bleeding through did come into town around that same time and i definitely went to that that might
0: have been one of the first like hardcore maybe yeah so well i'm all, okay so you're, you're going to shows regardless D- do you start going to
1: punk shows before hardcore stuff? yeah i yeah i did i would see bands like uh I think like the first like the first time I ever went to Jerry's Pizza was like when Against Me played. Against Me. Yeah, that was like their I think their second record was just come out at that time. I would have been I was fourteen when that happened. Is that the one with uh, the good record? Uh, it's not reinventing Axl rose. It was the one after that. Oh, okay, the first record is Reinventing Axl Rose? The first, well, kind of, yeah, it's uh, it's not worth getting into. Yeah, the fir- I, for okay. all intents and purposes, yeah, the first against me LP is Reinventing Axl Rose, and then there's one that came after that when they signed to
0: Fat Records. Isn't their best record the first one, then? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. And they're still playing Jerry Speaks after their first record? Yeah. Interesting, I thought they were bigger in my head. They became bigger later. Really? Yeah, when they signed to like a major label. Okay. So, so, you're going to Jerry's Pizza. You're going. To, you're starting to see punk shows. You're starting to see hardcore shows. Yeah. At some point, where you, like you're this good kid, who you're going to be straight ish probably no matter what. Are you? Were you kind of like a little bit like skeptical because like it's Bakersfield. It's hardcore and punk DIY shows. Like back then meant something else. You know what I mean like are you kind of like oh you're seeing like oh you're seeing this crazy thing you're like walking you see this other thing like you know over time you're just like ah uh, should I be here? What do you
1: mean skeptical? Like like should I be involved in it? Yeah yeah. No, I was obsessed. That's all I wanted to do. Hmm. Uh, I was just excited that there was anything to do there, you know what I mean?
0: Now how would you get there? Cuz that's a good question Baker Shell.
1: I would have to get dropped off by my mom. Your mom would drop you off to Yeah, the so, shows. yeah, my, my, like, ability to see shows would be based, like, pretty much solely on her willingness to, like, give me a ride.
0: So your mom was, like, supportive about it?
1: Yeah, I think that, like, they knew that, like, I wasn't going to, like, go out and, like, be a fuck-up, so, like, they were cool with, like, letting me do stuff, you know?
0: Interesting. They have, that's a lot of faith in a parent.
1: Yeah, looking back
0: on it, it's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. So, you, so you start, your mom started dropping you off, and then... Uh, how would you get involved in, like, whatever? What was the first thing you did was, like, oh, I'm not just, like, going to the show. I'm also going to do this.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I would go to a lot of shows that were obviously just put on, like, at Jerry's Pizza by, like, this guy who was, like, a promoter, and I didn't know him or anything. I would just go there. But then I started going to shows at uh, Munoz Gym, and that's how... Because I knew the guys who would do some of the shows there because it was also Ronald who owns Going Underground. Ronald
0: will also do shows there.
1: Ronald, I mean, Ronald's grandpa's house had a boxing gym in the back because Ronald's grandpa was a boxer and the gym was Munoz's gym. So it was at Ronald's grandpa's house. Dude, Ronald,
0: I, I don't know, I don't know where Ronald... But it sounds like Ronald just straight up like lifted everything. He did, 100%. Did. Damn, shout he out did. to Ronald. Yeah,
1: no, he's uh 100% the reason for a big chunk of stuff happening in the Central Valley that uh, he doesn't get enough credit for.
0: Really? I feel like, well, I heard a lot about him, but maybe not a lot of people. But shout out to Ronald. I think maybe locally people take it for granted. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Um, But yeah, shout out to Ronald. I heard, I remember I saw the post where he, uh, he said he booked God's Godstumper and he's like, no one showed up. Yeah,
1: no one went. I wasn't there, but I, I, I was too young, but that's always the lore is I think like, Basically nobody showed up. That is crazy. You got to start
0: somewhere. Oh yeah, but that's that's like cool. I'm like, dude, like, how do you like? It's Bakersfield, let alone, like a tub town. And then on top of your booking shows, and start your own record store, and then like, yeah, like that's fucking, that's nuts. Man. Yeah,
1: I they had probably started doing shows there four or five years before I had ever, you know, it was ever on my radar or whatever. But I would go to the record store, and then I started seeing like. um trying to think the first i think the first gym show i ever went to was this band called ampere it was like some of the guys from orchid it was like a screamo band on abolition i went to that show and that was put on by this guy steven who would book some shows at the gym and they would do like house shows and stuff too and so i started just coming around to like some of those things because they would flyer like at the high school they would like sneak into the high schools like in the middle of the night and like wheat paste flyers like all over the walls inside the school really yeah and like I was probably the only person on the entire campus at any of the high schools that even noticed it or cared or like was interested in what it was because I was already interested in punk and that kind of stuff and I was, I, I was going to some of the bigger shows that would come through town or whatever but I didn't know about this like sub-level stuff but then I would see these flyers and I'd be like, what the fuck is that? So I would start to, you know, Google the bands or whatever and I think I was probably the only person that, that even...
0: You said this was middle school or high school? This
1: would have been like freshman year of high school.
0: Did you know? Did you know Henry by then? Not uh, yet. So like, how many how many high schools are in Bakersfield? A lot, like, fifteen or something. I oh, okay, that's, I'm imagining like five or four. No, it's there's like at a, least ten. Okay, okay, okay. So you start going, you start going to shows, and then do you like is is you being friends with Ronald like your entry into like being involved or?
1: I mean, I think just repeatedly going to shows, you just automatically become friends with whoever's there because some of these shows you're going to, there's, like, 10 people there, you know what I mean? And so even though I was, like, this, like, little kid, I think they just, like, embraced the fact that I was, like, interested and thought it was cool, and so they would, like, talk to me or whatever
0: and, like... In my my head, I feel like back, like, every time I hear stories of, like, back then, well, because now that I'm interviewing people, I meet the people who are, like, like, super stoked on, like, hardcore punk, whatever. And I imagine, like, everybody back then was young and, like, stoked. But I'm like, oh, I, I forget. Like, the reality is that, like, it's always, like, one in, like, a hundred. You know what I mean? Like, that yeah. actually, like...
1: Yeah, nobody know? nobody cared. <laughs> um, this was also, the like, when social media was kind of finally first starting to... Like, MySpace? Yeah, like, MySpace was becoming a thing for the first time. And so, like, I would follow, like... Um, or I become friends with like the uh, going underground records, like Page on MySpace or on like the Moundias Gym. Like that's where they would post like updates. You know what I mean? Like so you would have to like I would go on it like every day, like looking to see if they would post like you know any new shows Just or anything for like that. Life. Yeah, and there was shows that would happen that like my mom wouldn't let me go to. Um, was there
0: any show you regret that you're like fuck? I can't. Yeah,
1: mind. Gorilla On from uh, I think they're from Denmark. Uh, they toured. The US one time and they played Munoz Gym, and my mom wouldn't let me go because it was like a Thursday or something, you know. What was it
0: called? Gorilla Ungreb?
1: Gorilla Ungreb, A N G R E B.
0: What is that, hardcore?
1: They were like a like, kind of like a melodic, like throw, throwback kind of sound, like punk band. I didn't check them out. Yeah, they're great.
0: Yeah. So that was, uh, damn. So that was, so, and then you started, okay, so you started, when do you start booking your shows? Um, A little bit
1: later, probably, like, I think I I had kind of just become comfortable with, like, just going to whatever shows other people were putting on, you know? And so I never really had to, like, I mean, they would always always, just, like, any time, like, any band that was touring that was in that, like, punk or, like, you know, hardcore space wanted to play Bakersfield, they would already just email Ronald because they already knew about the gym and so I didn't really have to deal with it. I think there was a point where like he just became like a little bit tired or less interested in booking shows and there was like things that would happen that I wanted to see that I think maybe he wasn't as interested in doing and so I just kind of started taking over and doing it.
0: By little by little.
1: Yeah, like, uh, I think the first show I ever fully booked on my own was Hatred Surge and uh, let me think about it. It was Hatred Surge and a band called Vaccine that was from Massachusetts. They were on Painkiller. I feel
0: like I've heard that name.
1: Yeah. And fuck, I'm blanking on who else even played that show. Mammoth Grinder.
0: Mammoth Grinder. Yeah.
1: Old. Yeah. Shout out Crystal. Yeah. Um. So. Said, yeah. yeah. That was. Um. I think the first show that I ever booked on my own, and I remember we were like blown away that enough people came where like we made like five hundred dollars at the door, and we were like, "Holy shit, that's insane!" You know.
0: Mm-hmm. And damn. That's almost Was it Was it like a Was it like a Passed down moment Where it's like Hey this show is happening You're going to start doing it Or was it like
1: No it was just like Hey like I I think I had seen Like a post online somewhere That they like They, they needed like shows On the west coast And I just like Told them I would do one And then I just said Ronald like hey I want to do it And he's like alright
0: cool Well you still be operating As like a boxing gym
1: during Yeah this time. 100% So like
0: boxing during the day showing. Yeah
1: boxing during the day And then sometimes We would show up To start setting up the show And the boxers like Would still be going And they didn't want to leave And we were like hey like We have a show, and they're like, okay. Like, they didn't understand that, like, this place that they were using as a boxing gym was like totally something else to a whole different group of people, you know? Sick. Yeah.
0: So, you start booking shows. What, like, just tell me some of the crazy shit you saw in that gym. Like, shows, like some (laughs) of the craziest shows.
1: Uh, The craziest shows we ever saw at the gym. Fuck. There's a lot. I mean, that Hatred Surge show is fucking awesome. Um, when people really started coming out to the gym was a little bit later like probably like around like 2012, 2013 that was like we did so many shows in those years it was like almost every week there was a felt like there was a fucking show happening um, which was insane for Bakersfield Um, so those were finally the eras where like things were people were finally starting to really show up in like large quantities I think like when Glue and Blazing Eye played that was probably like the most crowded that room had ever felt until we did the last show at the gym when we had to finally close it down and that was when Infest played and that was dangerous probably. Um, but a lot of great bands played. Iron Long uh, played multiple times. Um, the Vicious from Sweden was like one of my favorite bands in that era and like, I don't know, I guess that was kind of the magic of it, right? Like you hear these records and you're in high, you're in high school and you hear these records and they become like everything to you because it's like all you really have or all that you really listen to and then this like band that's from Sweden for some reason is coming to Bakersfield and playing at this like dilapidated boxing gym and like not that many people come maybe like you know 50 people but to those 50 people it's like the coolest shit in the world and it was like the first time you really feel like other people understood or were as excited about something as you were instead of like you know having to pretend that going to like a high school football game is the most exciting thing to do in town or whatever you know
0: was there? Was that? Was that the first surreal moment of like holy shit? Like I'm doing something beyond like like I'm doing, I'm doing something that's means something. Like you're exposing like Bakersfield kids to Swedish people. Sure. In general, but like was there another moment where it's like oh shit? Like like I'm doing something. Like maybe like someone had told you something. Like someone like kind of was like hey thank you, or was it like the band themselves were like like. Crying that they got like 20. The
1: bands were always Really excited about it The people in town Didn't give a shit
0: uh, think, Okay like I, There's no diss To town people But like I know Brad from High Desert has that problem too Where like Fool's just like Hey I'm trying to bring Original Justice Center on They're like Why is the show 20 bucks
1: Yeah you know 100% I mean? like, if People would show up And the show would be Five dollars right We're only asking Five bucks to get in Because that's all You can ask and people would show up and be like I don't have any money but they show up with a case of beer and they're just like getting drunk mm. you know
0: is that a town thing because like I mean I yeah, guess it's it be, everywhere it, everywhere but I, I, I like it's like I feel like it's more yeah. and it's a punk thing it's a punk thing <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah was there any other moment that you're just like oh shit like I think this is like more I mean you booked Furious for a show
1: yeah sure Um, that was cool but obviously like in that time it was just because it was like the homies had a new band and they asked if they could play a show and I was like yeah that sounds great let's do it
0: is there uh, there any non hardcore bands that were like like it was kind of crazy that they played Munoz Gym yeah Ice Age played twice
1: Um, they were from fuck I'm always getting um, my shit wrong I think they're also Danish Danish and they were kind of like in this sort of like punk sort of like post-punk kind of space and then as their records progressed they like signed to matador and became like this kind of artsy like indie rock band that's great phenomenal but they played munia's gym twice um and it was great they had great turnouts they were incredible um those were also some of the best shows that we had ever done and as they like got bigger and kind of started to get more popular they would get like there was like a Pitchfork.com interview that they did once, where like they got interviewed and asked like what was their favorite show they'd ever played, and they actually said it was at Munoz Gym in Bakersfield, Shit. like on Pitchfork, which is funny to think about. But yeah, like some of those kinds of bands would play like Milk Music played, Merchandise played. Um, those are probably some of the bigger ones that happened. But that was kind of that whole era where these like people from punk or DIY backgrounds were kind of like starting like more interesting or experimental bands outside of the punk sound, but still operating punk ethically um, and would play the gym.
0: <laughs> Is there a band you booked or that either wasn't the greatest turnout that you can't believe now that were like, oh, like those who saw that band at Munoz Gym at the time, like you guys were lucky because then eventually became something else.
1: Yeah, like Nothing played the Munoz Gym. Oh, yeah. You saw it with Ceremony, right? Yeah, Ceremony and Nothing did a West Coast tour and that show hit Munoz Gym. Like that was insane. Like, That's insane. and it, it was good. Like a good amount of people
0: showed up, but it should have been Way crazier. What era was. ceremony
1: and, was this? Uh, it was when Zoo came out. Okay,
0: but I mean, Rocker Parker has already had already been out.
1: Mm, I guess so. Am I tripping? I don't know. I don't recall the exact. It was yeah. Well, because Zoo was on Matador, so it must have been yeah, yeah. yeah, It was the era when they were using ceremony with a slash after it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that time because I put the slash on the flyer. I Still, it
0: should have like should have been like crazy.
1: Uh, probably like a hundred people came, uh-huh.
0: which is probably all you could really fit in the gym. But okay, yeah. And now they're playing from Munoz's gym. Now they're playing.
1: Yeah, they're going yeah, to play the Palladium, which seems fucking insane, but it's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is um, what are what are some things that we didn't touch that you're like oh like people don't realize this is like one big thing of booking shows that people don't realize that like you feel like anyone who books shows should get credit.
1: Um.
0: Hmm. Like, maybe, like, was there any money coming out of your pocket? or like, Oh,
1: yeah, there was definitely shows I booked where nobody came, and I felt so bad I went to the ATM and gave the bands like a hundred bucks out of my bank account because, like, it felt bad, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, getting people to show up to certain things is hard, um, especially back then. I feel like there's so many more people now that are interested in hardcore and punk and stuff than there was in that time period where it was like fucking pulling teeth to get people to come to a show. You'd be posting MySpace bulletins begging for people to show up tonight or please bring $5, don't show up with no money and a case of beer and get drunk outside and ask to come in for free or whatever, you know? But then sometimes you'd have to let everyone for free because then the band would just be playing to nobody while there's a bunch of people sitting outside because they weren't going to pay to come in, you know?
0: Five Yeah. Damn. Pretty brutal. And you started on parade during this time? We started on parade in 2010. Okay, so, so a little bit later. So, so there was a time where Adam Schwartz was booking shows, yeah. being in a band, yeah. and then just being a fan of music and of me course. young. Yeah. So, uh, so talk to, talk about On Parade That's your that's your hardcore punk band.
1: Yep. Yeah, we well okay. So before that, there was a local band in Bakersfield called Loser Life. Loser Life. That had they did a bunch of records. Like there's like I don't know, probably four, three or four seven inches, and then like I think three LPs. Um, and I was obsessed with them. I thought they were great. like they were this band that kind of sounded like they were like really influenced by the whole like revolution summer d c thing mm. like Right to spring and like Articles of Faith was another big influence on them. It was just like melodic, really good like punk stuff, um, really great and I was lucky because I got to see them all the time. They were like one of my they were like my, one of my favorite bands, and like they, they happened to be local right. So, I would go to all of their shows, and they, they became friends, even though they were quite a bit older than me. but in two thousand and nine I graduated high school in two thousand and eight and then I started college in two thousand and nine in Bakersfield and that summer, um, they were doing like a full u s tour and uh they asked me to just go with them as like a roadie kind of situation so I, I did like a full u s tour with them when I was nineteen Sick. Um, and so I got to really see like how booking shows or the diy stuff operated outside of you know bakersfield i was like my first time going to like any of these other states besides you know the ones on the west coast where i was like getting to see these other cities and how what punk was like in bigger cities or whatever and it's not like the shows they were playing had like loads of people coming to them or anything but it was just like really exciting and inspiring to get to see that you know and it was like a great way to like travel and Uh, see parts of the country that I had never been to before and meet people who liked the things I did outside of where I lived and, you know, that kind of stuff. So that was, like, really inspiring to me to want to continue to do stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, we started on Parade the next year because we just, I had some friends that were playing music at the time, but nothing super serious, you know? And I wanted to, like, you know, put a band together and see what we could do.
0: I think there's a photo or video of you guys playing, like, in, like, playing field, Yeah, we did. How did that come about?
1: Um, So we recorded a demo, played shows locally, recorded a seven inch, put out a seven inch, and then did a West Coast tour using the Loser Life tour van. Mm -hmm. Um, We 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 got the van and we toured. We did a West Coast run of shows, and that show was in um, like Humboldt County area somewhere in like super northern California. Mm -hmm. I don't. I think it was in. Arcata or something like way up there. It's like IE, right? No, no, no. It's like like almost to Oregon, like at the okay, far right. northern part of the state. Um, and yeah, this guy like booked a show there, and we showed up, and he was like, "Yeah, you're gonna play in this like dirt lot with a generator." And I was like, "Okay, for sure." <laughs> and there was no, <laughs> and there was no other bands. And there
0: was no other bands. There was no other bands. Who did sh- people show? Maybe like ten. <laughs> So there's 10 people, and you guys are in, like, a lot. Yep. Just playing with no other band. Yep, it was very weird. So you guys get money? I don't remember. If we did, it was pretty minimal. Like, I can of just imagine people were just like, I'm not
1: going to pay for this. I'm just going to watch this and then go home. I honestly don't remember. Uh, it was, <laughs> yeah, that one was pretty pretty wacky. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. I mean, we were just, like, some fucking band. We were from Bakersfield. Nobody knew who we were, you know? Like, I think that they just kind of, like, like, oh, this band wants to play. Sure, we'll just, like... Show up in this fucking parking lot and like let them play for a minute.
0: That's so fucked up. That's, it's like no other bands. What
1: time? It looked like it was day. It was daytime, yeah. I don't even remember, man. Oh my god. It's like let them play for a minute, just like yeah. but well, one of our really good friends was going to college up there at the time, so we got to like hang out with him and stay at his house, and that was worth it.
0: Okay, so, that's so fucked up. But um, so so you start your booking shows. You're in a band. How does, because you're obsessed with records and now you're, you're calling a record store. Yeah, was, was your obsession with records even, was it during that time?
1: Yeah, I was a full blown like fucking creep for that shit already at that point, you know? What define creep? Uh, just anywhere I went, I would have to look at like where the closest record store was and like go and try to find whatever, you know?
0: Oh, you're addicted.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. Ooh.
0: What about it made you addicted? Like the rarity, like just having a record or like the actual, just having the physical Yeah, format. I think it was just like the physical format to
1: me was always like the, I guess it always goes back to that, right? Like I was obsessed with magazines and stuff as a kid and mm-hmm. having the tangible like object and being able to like look at and feel it and be, there was like, there was like a connection to it that felt different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, just tracking down records and finding out, you know, This you would would get the insert in the record and the band would say thanks to this band or this band or the label insert would be in there and you could see the other records that that label had put out and you would just like it it felt like keys to unlocking information that would help you discover like more bands and more stuff because that was like a lot of that stuff wasn't you know discogs didn't exist yet you couldn't just pull up discogs and look at like Mm, how everything was connected to each other you would have to just like put the work in and figure it out you know
0: is there were you aware that, like, like, at the time, you're like, I'm, I'm like, this, is, like, isn't, this is not this not good? Or, or do you think you ever do you got, to, uh, do you think you ever got to a point where it's like, okay, there's just too much, like, I'm buying too much records, or, or, no, what and the hell else am I gonna spend my money on? I'm, a, like, I was like 19. Okay, I mean, I don't know. I had a job
1: working as a uh, a busboy at a steakhouse, but I was vegetarian, so it grossed me out because I would have to like. Uh, I had to, like, clean up everybody's, like, like meat dishes and shit. And also the place that I worked also butchered their own meat on site. And so... Um, it was in Bakersfield, obviously. Yeah, it was in Bakersfield. And so there would be, like, tubs of, like... In the kitchen, there would be, like, tubs of just, like, uh, like blood. And just, like, shit like that, you know? Just, like, sitting so, around. Sounds so right there. fucked up. So fucking gross. Um, and I was vegetarian for a few years already at that point, And so I was, like, super bummed out about it. But, uh... That's what I did. That was my first job. And so I would use the little bit of money I would make there. I think I made, like, $10 an hour, if that, you know? And you uh, would, How much for records back then? Uh, it depends. I mean, you can get seven inches for two, three bucks, you know? Yeah. So, like, it was just, like... And I you, was doing all right. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I lived. I lived with my parents, you know? So I was like, I could just, you know, spend this money on this, like, punk shit, you know?
0: Did you ever... Like your relationship with Ronald at the time? Do you ever think like it was gonna like like you ever kind of envision like oh I might have a record store one day, or like I would love to have a record store one day since at that like, time
1: no, I mean at that time I just didn't even know what the fuck was going on with my life. I didn't even like I, I the thought of even having a record store wasn't possible in my mind because I lived in Bakersfield and I would never open another record store to like go against going underground. You know what I mean? I okay. guess like like that was like my that's like what I did. Like when I wasn't like working or I wasn't like in school, like I was at the record store. So um so no. Not then at least.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then you would go to college? Yeah I went to school in Bakersfield at the Cal State. So, so you're like a Bakersfield Bakersfield head. Yeah. What did uh, you graduate of? What do you mean? What what'd you what you major, in? or uh, you got your bachelor's or whatever? So, I went to
1: school there originally, like not knowing what the fuck I was gonna do. I just graduated high school, went to college, and was like, "That's just what you do next, I guess, right?" Like, I had good grades in high school, and um, my dad worked for this, um, like everything up there's agriculture, right? Like, like farming and. Growing almonds and oranges and all that kind of shit. And uh, the company that he worked for actually um, had this really cool program where if you were a kid who, uh, if you were a child of an employee at the company and you had good grades, you could like send in a copy of your report card and they would like reward you basically with like a gift card to like the mall or something like that, you know? and I would get these like gift certificates to the mall but they were still paper ones at the time they weren't like gift cards that you would (laughs) like scan so they would send you like a gift certificate and it would be like $100 Um, but it was good at any store in the mall so I would go to the mall because I learned that you could get uh, you could buy anything with the gift certificate but if it didn't like total the amount that the gift certificate was worth, they would give you the difference in cash. So I would go to the mall with this $100 gift certificate, and I would go and I would buy a cookie <laughs> for like, you know, three bucks or two bucks or whatever, and I would give back like $98, and then I would go to Going Underground to buy records. Sick. Um, so eventually, I got through high school. I went to college, but they also, as part of that program where if you had... Good enough grades all throughout high school, they would like give you money for college for tuition. Oh, so um, I was really lucky where I actually like went to the because I was just gonna go to junior college or whatever. But I was lucky where I was able to get that and go to the Cal State for free, basically. Um, Shout out to your dad. Yeah, a hundred percent. So we went there. Didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do, but I was like, okay, I guess I just have to keep going to school. Um, and then i took um i was always interested in like art and like that kind of stuff but i took this art class and it was the first time i was ever exposed to like this other world of like you know art beyond just like a painting of a pretty picture of you know a fucking bob ross tree or whatever you <laughs> know um and so i got really excited and interested in that and i was already also interested in learning how to do like the screen printing stuff just from like the punk standpoint cuz i wanted to like make t-shirts or screen records or whatever you know um and so i ended up getting so deep in that i ended up just majoring in art and i graduated with that as my major too so, so i was making paintings and doing all that kind of stuff
0: so that's kind of sick i mean for free fuck it
1: yeah it was great yeah. um i don't know what my parents thought but
0: i mean they didn't tell me not to do it so interesting interesting yeah i, I feel like if, if your dad is doing this like you know kind of like putting his hand out there for you like i feel like most parents in that case would have been like, no, you're going to do what I want to do because, you know, I'm the one, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah, luckily that didn't happen. Say. So, yeah.
0: Now you're like a record head and an art head. <laughs> I guess, just, or yeah. now you know more about...
1: Sure, art. yeah. I mean, I really loved that world at first. Um, oh, why not anymore? Um, after school, I started working at, like, some museums and galleries and that kind of stuff. And I think that, like you start to have personal relationships or interactions with people in that world who are like so full of shit and so like, they're just like bad people, you know? Um, There's so much like money involved and there's so much at stake, and it all just feels kind of gross after a while. Not to say that all of it is bad or anything, but I just didn't really like that part of it and being around it all the time. It just felt dirty and gross to me, and I didn't like it anymore. And so I just kind of tried to find a way out.
0: Have you ever felt that way about having a record store? Like just no. the record industry? Is there anything?
1: Oh, bad? there's a lot of bullshit in the record industry, but it's a lot easier to navigate around it because there's so much stuff that. In the art world it's like the whole thing is controlled by like literal billionaires, right? And in the record world there's a lot of, you know, billionaire record uh companies and like that kind of shit that control all the major label stuff, but there's this whole other sub level of stuff where you can operate on without really having to mm. deal with that,
0: you know? Yeah. Interesting. So you live you live life through Mostly every 20s working you moved to LA yep how does co-owning going under and come to be um I was
1: in LA for a couple years um working art jobs and that kind of stuff and kind of just trying to like meet people in that world and work at places in that world and just try to figure out what I really wanted to do but I just didn't really like any of it so I kind of just like feel like every year I kind of just like got a new job and then I think I realized I just didn't like it at all anymore um and I don't know if there was even one specific moment where it was kind of like I'm trying to remember exactly how it even came about, but it kind of just sort of probably came up just naturally in conversation one day with Ronald because I still talk to him all the time.
0: Um, like you would just like
1: talk on the phone. Yeah, or like I mean, I would still go visit Bakersfield or whatever, oh, okay. and like um, yeah, just stuff like that, you know. Or we would go to like record, you know, swaps together still or stuff like that, you know. i was still into records, um, and we just decided to give it a go and see what could happen.
0: Sick. So, and how, how's how's that feeling of? Just owning a record store, like I don't know, like from being a kid to now, it's like I don't know, like I mean, you're also pretty young, you know what I mean? Like you're not sure. that old, like to own like owning a record store. I, yeah. In my opinion, like it usually takes like a certain point in your life, but I mean, you wake up every day and you come to the rec- you open the record store. And yep. Is your job. Yep. Um,
1: it's It's great. It's awesome. It's almost like now that I've been at it for you know five or almost six years, it's kind of like. It seems silly to me that I didn't realize that this is what I should have just been doing the whole time, you know, um,
0: do you feel like it was possible,
1: even if you knew I don't know, like if I had opened it like right out of college or something yeah no, I think I would have had to have moved and have these other experiences before it really became something that felt re- obtainable. real yeah. obtainable exactly um. It was scary, you know? I mean, I think opening any kind of a business is scary, but you just have to grit your teeth and make it work, you know?
0: Was there any, like, problems, like, you think, like, in the beginning, do you think, like, those problems that led you to think, like, oh, this might not work? Because you guys were in, like, Hollywood, Melrose area? We opened
1: in East Hollywood first, yeah. Like, Melrose between, like, basically right off the 101.
0: Do you, and do you think like it was like kind of like, I mean, obviously it was scary, but do you think like those moments where like, oh, this might not work?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Or or has it always been like a steady? Like
1: I mean, we're lucky enough to like one have already been established as a brand prior to opening that location. So some people were just generally aware of going underground existing in the first place and also having, you know, connections through punk and hardcore and stuff of just people just being friendly with people in that scene or whatever, like you'll have some people who will want to support you but not enough to sustain a business, you know? And that's the hard part is marketing and letting people know that you exist and convincing people that they should go out of their way to visit your store and spend their money with you, you know? That's not easy to do and it takes a long time, Um, especially because I had no experience in anything like that before, you know? So trying to figure out how to make that work and make people care is definitely hard, and it's definitely a grind uh, It takes a long time for sure and so there was definitely moments where it was kind of like I don't know if this will work or not, but you have to just keep trying
0: you know what are some what are some uh, what are some examples of the grind of making people care or like letting people know how are you I mean just social media honestly. I don't know I'm still trying to figure it out yeah. Cause like, I'm like, social media is nothing, but I'm like, how do you, I mean, I mean your location now is really good. Yeah,
1: and that's one of the things that was, you know, a learning experience from the first store it was like, we were in a cool spot. We had good rent, like a good price on rent. We were in what felt like a good location at the time, but it wasn't like an area where there's like people walking around and shopping all the time or anything. So trying to get people to like know you exist while also operating on a budget where you can't afford to blast everybody with facebook ads or instagram ads or whatever you know yeah um so yeah i guess just word of mouth trying to do events in the store just generate interest that way letting people know you exist and honestly, just like i don't know posting shit on instagram and hoping someone sees it you know yeah. shit like that little by little it all grows exponentially
0: say say yeah it's cool I mean, you, you look key like, I mean, it sounds like you've had a kind of a, kind of, like, for the most part, good life. Like, you, like I mean, you're young. You've, you're have you a smart person. I feel like you, like, there's, you always hear, like, oh, I was young. I didn't know what I was doing, which I'm, I'm assuming that, that happened to you, to an extent. But it's, like, there's people who I believe are just really smart, like, at a young age. Or, like, your story, like, you already kind of had this passion. You already, you already, like, were into things. You're already involved in things. You're already, like... You know, like you're aware of why you like things, which made you just kind of like, like you know, what I mean? just just be more 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 uh, level-headed at a young age.
1: Yeah, I feel like I've been lucky enough to always feel like I've been pretty level-headed about shit. That's not to say that things are never like difficult or there's no challenges or anything, but um, I also just have always kind of had this mindset: it's like everybody has hard shit they have to deal with. I don't want to be like a person who like complains about it. You know, mm. I just deal with whatever comes up and you have to get through it because life is always going to throw fucked up curveballs at you and they just try not to make the hugest deal out of it and everybody has their own shit they're going through. You know, I don't need to be too sad about it. I have to just, you know, work through it and that's old school keep mindset. moving, you know, I guess. I don't it know is. where that came from, but you just <laughs> yeah. got to keep moving on. I don't know. The world's not going to wait for you, you know.
0: Yeah. What did your parents think about when you were when like, oh, I'm a, I have a
1: cone or record store now? I think maybe they were a little skeptical about it, but also knew how much I loved and cared about that kind of stuff. So I think that, I mean, it was never, again, it was never like discouraging me from it. I think that like anything I was interested in was just so different from anyone else ever in my family for the most part, except for maybe my sister, that like it, it almost just seemed like weird, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but not in a way that, like, they didn't tell me not to do it. They were just, I don't think they fully understood it. So they're like, they're kind of just like, oh, that's nice, you know, that kind of a vibe. Yeah.
0: Um, what does your sister think? Like, the sister who got you into music?
1: I think she thinks it's cool, but I like like, she liked that kind of stuff, like, when she was younger. But mm-hmm. as she got older, kind of just, like, grew up and had kids and just became, like, an everyday kind of normal person, you know? Yeah. Like most people, instead of fucking weirdos who hyper fixate on, You know who has the best riff of the hardcore record of the year or whatever. (laughs) Yeah,
0: but um, I guess we'll we'll wrap this up here. Anything else you want to say? Anything else? What's next for you? What's next for Adam Schwartz? I
1: don't know, man. I'm just going to be here every day for the rest of my life, probably.
0: Really? Do you think you're open another
1: record store? Another going underground in L.A. Uh, or somewhere? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I I I don't want to I don't want to do anything like that until you know you feel confident and like that it's the right move to be doing, but I also don't know that you ever feel like what you're doing is the right thing to do, so I guess you just kind of have to throw caution to the wind and hope for the best, but
0: there's no plans at the moment. Okay. But uh, yeah, anything else you want to say? Uh,
1: No, I love that you're so passionate and excited about hardcore and punk, i think that seeing you come into the store all the time and looking at records and getting excited about that kind of stuff is exciting and reminds me of how i acted when i was younger and i think that's really cool
0: sick thank you yeah sick all right thank you everybody for listening let's go